Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hey, welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. This is episode or podcast 335. Good to have you here. Hopefully everyone's been safe and healthy and not going stir crazy with this whole coronavirus thing. It's starting to look things might be getting back to normal, whatever that new normal will be. But it's a great time to brush up on your persuasion, sales, negotiation, leadership skills, all under the realm of influence. Because when you need to persuade somebody, it's too late to learn. So, of course, didn't travel this week, did some webinars. And everyone has their different styles. Sometimes it's Skype, sometimes it's Zoom, sometimes it's Adobe Connect. One I did with a whiteboard this week was the straight video feed for class. And I'm still trying to figure out why these online webinars, A, take more energy, and B, they last longer. A 30-minute meeting online on Zoom, I don't know what the deal is, they are always longer. If you have an answer to that, let me know at Kurt, K-U-R-T at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Or if you have any questions for the show, MaximizeYourInfluence.com is the home to get the new edition of Maximum Influence, the free edition. Take your Persuasion IQ assessment, find the archives, and get your access to Influence University. Housekeeping out of the way, let's dive into it. Let's get into our blunder, but we're not doing a blunder, we're doing a ninja, although some of you might think this is a blunder. We are going after these Las Vegas casinos. Now, I've done some training at these casinos, not only seminars, but the actual casino employees, and there's no luck. It's all science. Everything they've done is researched. They don't admit to everything, but it's pretty interesting They know what makes you tick. So, the first one, as you know, we've talked a little bit about this on the show before. Nobody knows what time it is. Your dealers aren't wearing watches. There's no clocks on the wall. So, most of the time, you have really no idea what time it is outside. It could be midnight. It could be noon. You just don't know. So, you lose all track of time. And you also notice that casinos are built... Where everything's in the middle, everything you need in a casino, there is never a reason ever to leave a casino. The food, elevators are going to be in the middle too. They're going to do anything they can. A, make it very hard to leave. Like Caesar's Palace, there's escalators and walkways going in, but trying to get out, it's very difficult sometimes to find the way out. And if you're going to go to the mall that's inside one of those casinos, you know you're walking all the way through the casinos. Why? A bright lights and sounds and people are waiting and you notice the carpet oh it's loud obnoxious and there's no reason to look down they don't want you to look down you gotta look at all the fun people having all the people that are winning in the casino now some of the casinos may refute this one they pump oxygen in they say there's a higher concentration level it keeps you more alert and awake which doesn't make a lot of sense maybe it gives you more energy You want to stay longer, but they don't want you alert and awake. They want you losing. That's why they're giving you free drinks. Other thing they do is they make the cashier's cage very difficult to find. Plus, you notice, too, those poker chips, you're not playing the games with cash. At least the high-ticket games, you've got to turn in your cash for a chip 
which doesn't have the same subconscious trigger, same value in your mind. It's just a chip. It's almost like you've already spent your money. You've already lost the money when you turn those into chips. It's easier to put a $100 chip on the table than a $100 bill. Another interesting one is they switch out dealers during the hot streaks. I don't know if that's to throw you off your game or why they do that. I don't know the science behind that one, but it is something they do. So they place things where you can get this big win and it looks achievable. Or they'll put pictures of other people who've won and how much money they've won. All in their attempt to increase gambling using social validation. And they comp you free meals and rooms if you do well. Why? So you stay longer and they can get their money back. Hello? There are ATMs all over the place now. Those are easy to find. And it's interesting you get the points cards now to where you get points for gambling. So you don't feel as bad for losing money and you get some points along the way. And they might not admit to this one either. A lot of these electronic games, there's a lot of near misses. You almost had it. It was so close, even though you didn't get any money. That illusion that it's so close and the next time you've got to get it gets people to gamble more. So that's our Persuasion Ninja of the Week. What can you learn from it? Be more aware next time you go to Vegas, if it ever opens up. Because even at a mall, there's a science behind that too. That's why all the little shops are in the middle. And the big anchors, they call them, are on the end. So you have to walk all the way through the mall to get to the other big store. Putting walkways on a diagonal so you want to get off the walkway into a softer carpeted area to look at clothing or other items. The lighting, the temperature, the seating height, it all matters. So be more aware next time you enter any institution Little things they are doing that are subconscious triggers. They might help you be persuaded, but then they might not. All right, time for the Geeky Scholarly article. This was sent to me from Andrew in Wisconsin. So for using this on the show, we're going to give you access to Influence University. Kurt, check out this article. What do you think? What are your thoughts, especially during this strange times? All right, let's take a look at it. I'll also post this at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. This is science-based tips for better, happier New Year. A positive psychologist's guide to choosing, keeping life-changing resolutions. So let's go through these. There's quite a few bullets here. This was put together by Jerry Everding of Washington University in St. Louis. So a lot of this is based off a book, When Likes Aren't Enough, A Crash Course in the Science of Happiness. By Tim Bono. So let's take a look at these. We could all use a little more happiness. We do know happiness is an inside job. Some more things we can do internally with our thoughts are very important. But let's see what he says. First one. All right. Well, duh. We talked about this one before. Go outside. Move around. Take a walk. So there's a couple factors here. A little exercise. A little sunshine. A little change of pace. Always releases good chemicals in our brain and makes us feel better. We should all be doing that one every day, but sometimes it's like, wait a minute, I haven't left the house in a couple days, three, four, five days. Might be good just to get out to increase your happiness. Here's one, get more happiness for your money. Now, some studies have found a connection between wealth and happiness. I mean, it brings different challenges, but this study talks about you get more enjoyment when you spend your money on an experience like a vacation or a concert than on other material things. So you're going to use your money, you're going to spend your money, try to buy an experience with it, then material things. Next one's carve out time to be happy, then give it away. He says, people dream of finding an extra 30 minutes to do something nice for themselves, but then using that time to help someone else is more rewarding. 
because we feel empowered, we feel more control in our lives, and we feel less pressed for time. And we're happier. I agree with that. Anytime we're feeling depressed or down or unhappy, going out serving somebody, realizing you really don't have it as bad maybe as somebody else, and just giving back and proving someone's life can really increase your happiness. The next piece is delay the positive, dispatch the negative. Meaning anticipation is pleasurable. Looking forward to that experience. It's much sweeter. You're thinking about it. So they say delay the positive. The more you can think about seeing a movie or going on vacation or your favorite dessert, whatever it is, the more you think about it, it can increase your happiness. But then on the flip side, any negative tasks, don't wait around. Don't think about it. Don't give yourself the worst case scenario. Just get it out of the way. So that's good advice. Delay the positive dispatch the negative. Next one is enjoy the ride. People who focus more on the process and outcome tend to remain motivated in the face of setbacks. They're better at sticking with major challenges and prefer them over the easy route. This growth mindset keeps people energized because they celebrate the rewards that come from work itself. Focusing on only the outcome can lead to premature burnout if things don't go well. Next one is embrace failure. How we think about failure determines whether it makes us happy or sad. People who overcome adversity do better in life because they learn to cope with challenges. Failure is a great teacher. As long as we're learning from it, not doing the same mistakes over and over again. We had that piece. And I've said it before, this failure, these setbacks can make us a better person or a bitter person. They, they can help us grow. They give us grief. And they quote the famous IBM CEO, Thomas Watson, who said, if you want to increase your success rate, double your failure rate. <laughs> so there's some truth that is how you look at it. Uh, next one, sweet dreams. Get a full night's sleep on a regular basis. Our brains do a lot of the important work while we sleep. Uh, strengthening our neural circuits, enhance our mental acuity, and helps regulate our moods when we are awake. Sleep deprivation can lead to cognitive impairment and can ruin our day. I agree. I agree. It's good to get some good sleep. Next one is strengthen your willpower muscles. We've talked about the willpower battery on this show. So just like exercising our muscles strengthens our capacity to lift heavy things, exercising our willpower muscles in small everyday behavior strengthens our ability to stay focused at work. Resist the temptation to check the cell phone for new text messages while walking around. Maybe don't look at your phone the first hour you wake up. Maybe it's making your bed. Maybe it's a 30 seconds in a cold shower. Just these little victories. In the morning, it's very important to strengthen these willpower muscles. They become stronger, and, and you can start creating bigger and bigger victories. Maybe you start off with 10 push-ups every morning and eventually build it to 100, or jogging for 30 minutes, whatever it is. Maybe you just want to walk five minutes to get to that point to strengthen your willpower muscle. Next piece is introduce variety into your day-to-day -day activities. Human beings are attracted to novelty, and we can get bored. We have to do the same things over and over again, so changing things up. New project, different music in the background, do something a little bit different, interact with different people. So find a way to get a little more variety, which will increase your happiness and your motivation. Oh, here's a hard one, especially those that are addicted to social media. Stop comparing yourself to others. It's hard to avoid tuning into what everyone else is doing. Who got the raise? Who got the promotion? Who got the virus? Who went on this vacation? The challenge is, when you're always comparing yourself, you're never going to win. Because human nature is you're always going to compare your weaknesses to other people's strength. Your bad day at work to their good day at work. You're being stuck in the office to their trip to Paris. Your kids are driving you nuts. Their kids are perfect. You know what I mean. 
Because what people post on social media, I saw a study that 75% is embellished and not even true. And you know that to be true. So social comparison is one of the biggest barriers to your overall happiness and to your motivation. And it can destroy your psychological health. How about this one? Reach out and connect with someone. Nothing's more important for our psychological health than high-quality relationships and friendships. So find an activity that allows you to get together with friends on a regular basis, online if you have to. But one of your greatest sources of happiness and sorrow are your relationships. So make sure, let me add a caveat to this one, you're reaching out and connecting with people that pull you up. They don't suck the life out of you. Like our Aunt Edna, we always talk about that. Just so pessimistic, so negative, always spitting on your dreams. These parasites, don't hang out with them, but hey, connect with somebody. Boost their day and it will boost yours. Other one that we talked about already, limit time on social media. Maybe just 24 hours, 48 hours, no social media. See what it does. Many studies have shown that too much time on social media is usually associated with lower levels of self-esteem, optimism, and motivation. And for some reason, you feel less connected to others when you do your social media. And another one he's hammering home is use your phone in the way it was originally intended. So don't scroll through social media. Maybe scroll through your contacts instead. Call them, spend some time, find some happiness there. So talking to a good person is going to help. Scrolling through social media hurts. Here's one, practice gratitude. It's easy to get bogged down in life's hassles. Why me? What's going on? It's terrible. So try to focus on things that are going well. Create a gratitude list, things that you're grateful for instead of all the negative things. Our brain defaults to all the negative bad things that happen, but study after study shows that gratitude is one of the simplest yet most robust ways to increase our psychological well-being and increase our happiness. Another one, identify an important reason why you're resolving to change. You're doing it for your kids. You're doing it for your grandkids. You're doing it for the community. Are you changing the world? It's time to fix my health. I've been wanting to do it for years. Any of those keeps you motivated, keeps you on track, especially when you take a look at your goals People don't fail because of a lack of goals. They fail because of a lack of reasons. That's your motivation. That's your happiness. That's your drive. And you have to have that. And it's got to be a good one. You can do it for other people. That's usually more driving than doing it for yourself. But whatever drives you the most, maybe two or three things that really drive you, can change the game. Next one is acknowledge potential barriers. Now, these are barriers that might get in the way of you implementing your goals. And come up with contingency plans on how you're going to respond in these moments. So you know when you're going to feel lazy or tired, it won't get out of bed, you won't want to do your push-ups, you don't want to go jogging, what are you going to do? When we were talking about earlier, that willpower muscle, you've got to decide when your muscle, your battery is drained, what is your game plan? You're going to watch something funny, go get some fresh air, get a healthy snack, look at your vision board, talk to someone that's going to motivate you, look at a picture of the reason you're doing it, whatever it takes get back on track, but you need to do that ahead of time. You can't just have a low willpower battery and just not worry about it because it's not automatically going to fix itself. And here's one, set specific dates and times. So what they're talking about is you're going to set a a date, a time, and you're going to incorporate or use this new behavior because that takes less psychological strength to implement. So you know every Tuesday you go running or Thursday morning you do this at this time, You initiate it, you've thought it through, you've planned it, it's on your calendar, and it becomes part of your routine. It's like brushing your teeth or taking the dog out or those little things that have become routine. That is the goal. Specific times and dates to turn 
your new habits, your new goals into routine. And final one, make your goals measurable. I'll just say this, keep the score. If you don't keep the score, you don't know if you're winning or not. And break them down to smaller sub-goals. And of course, have a reward every time you hit a particular milestone. And it's also good to do this to keep the score or be measurable. Because especially if it's a weight thing, you might not lose one pound every day for the next 50 days. You might have gained a pound. But if you can look at your overall track record, then okay, overall this by week, you know that for the most part, you've been going down, you've been going down. You can see your track record. And that's why I say success is a lot like the stock market. You want an upward trend. It doesn't go up every day, but if it goes up most days and the trend's upward, that is what you're looking for. That's why you need to measure your goals. So I'll put this link on MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Thanks to Jerry Everding and Tim Bono and Washington University in St. Louis. Thanks for sending it in. I agree. There were some great tips in there, things to really help us out, keep us focused, because our inner persuasion, our inner self is a huge piece. And this is the one everyone works on last. Because when you feel persuasive, when you feel happy, when you are in a good mood, you're a better persuader. You'll attract more people in your life. You'll have bigger networks. These are all things that are good that can help you out and change your world. The key thing, just add a few pieces to that, is that happiness comes from within. There's already enough negative, pessimistic, mean, rude people in the world, so people want to be around happy people. I love what Helen Keller said about it. She said, happiness cannot come from without. It must come from within. It is not what we see and touch or that which others do for us which makes us happy. It's that which we think and feel and do first for the other fellow, then for ourselves. If there's an issue for you, we have a blind spot because we don't really pursue things that bring us long-term happiness, like those experiences we talked about. And to enjoy the journey. There are a lot of things that can bring us temporary happiness, but the goal should be long-term happiness and pursue things that bring that happiness into our life. Even in leadership studies, being cheerful, having a good disposition is always associated with good leadership. And that's part of having a sense of humor. And there's a direct correlation between great leaders and their sense of humor. And even more important, people disagree with you less when you use humor and you're happy and you have a smile because it's contagious. So work on your happiness, work on your humor. Borrow that humor because there is a direct correlation between your happiness and your smiling and attracting other people and a direct correlation between a sense of humor and your ability to persuade. Because when you use your sense of humor as a leader, as a manager, as a person, you're able to help others become more open with their feelings. It reduces their stress and fear. They experience more life satisfaction. It enhances their self-image. They become friendlier and it builds your relationship with that person. So putting it out there, work on your happiness, If you think that's a lost cause, work on other people's happiness. It'll just naturally be contagious for you with your own happiness. And, of course, your sense of humor. Especially during these strange, weird times, happiness and humor is something we should be spreading around. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, and on iHeart. Or you can go right to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. So master this skill. Be fun to be around. Be the type of person that brings people up and they feel happiness and optimistic and they feel better about themselves just for being around you. And it makes you more influential. It's part of being charismatic and a key tool for you to be able to persuade with power.